0: Why are crop circles more common in Wiltshire than anywhere else in the world? Are they hoaxes, alien signatures, or perhaps even some advanced weaponry? Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and this week we'll be exploring the phenomena of crop circles. A crop circle, crop formation or corn circle is a pattern created by flattening a crop. This term was first coined in the 1980s by Colin Andrews. Before this, there had been scattered reports of odd patterns appearing in crops, ranging from the 17th century pamphlets to a letter from astronomer Patrick Moore, printed in 1963 in The New Scientist's. The number of crop circles substantially increased since the 1970s. Circles of the United Kingdom aren't random, but appear near roads, areas of medium to dense population and cultural cultural heritage monuments, such as Stonehenge. Nearly half of all crop circles found in the UK in 2003 were located within a 9.3 mile radius of Avebury, Is it Wiltshire's rich history that makes it the capital of crop circles in the world? Formations are usually created overnight, although some are reported to appear in the day. The phenomenon peaked in the 1990s and early 2000s, but continues today. An average, I didn't know this at all, of 30 crop circles appear in the UK each year with around 80% of them in Wiltshire sounds to me like there's some sort of dodgy person in Wiltshire going around with a cardboard cutout of something stomping on the crops. Maybe not. Crop circle sessions usually begins at the end of May with the first ripening of the barley and ends by September when the harvesting and the crops cuts away the canvases. Now here are some of the theories to the crop circle phenomena and they include here are some of the theories to the crop circle phenomena, and they include the use of ley lines, ancient and mystical tracks used for navigational purposes. The spiritual energy in these lines intersect at sacred sites, like, for instance, Avebury and Stonehenge. Extraterrestrial intelligence uh, may be attempting to warn humanity. One even appeared in May 2020 in the shape of a coronavirus. Was this perhaps a warning? A common theory is that human circle makers tap into a collective consciousness, which could perhaps explain the prevalence of universal mathematical patterns that also occur in nature. One of the largest crop circles found was the epic formation at Milk Hill, Wiltshire in 2001. This formation was created in a wheat field on Milk Hill in the Vale of Pusey in Wiltshire. It includes, get this, 409 circles in total, measuring more than 900 feet in diameter. And the average circle spans about 200 to 300 feet. And apparently it was done overnight and there's no noise. That to me is really creepy. But could these circles be a hoax? All the most famous crop circle hoaxers are Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, who in 1991 claimed to have created hundreds of circles using ropes to measure the formations and wooden planks to flatten the crops, like I mentioned earlier. But does this explain some of the formations like that at Milk Hill that was on an incredible scale? I honestly, looking at the pictures, cannot believe that somebody went around or a few people went around around with some boards and some rope in the middle of the night it's just not possible so, I wanted to read to you uh, a piece from the I presume it's the New Zealand Herald.co uh, New Zealand, it's nzherald.co nz, and it's their uh, piece on crop circles. Now, this was written by a Megan Palin and it was out there on uh, at the 11th of March 2017, so it's quite a, a, an old piece, but I just thought it was absolutely fascinating. So, I just thought I'd read to to you this piece. It all started with a UFO sighting. Dr. Horace Drew, 61, was just 10 years old when he allegedly saw an unidentified silver windowless craft hovering in the sky near his suburban home in Jacksonville, Florida. The encounter lasted only moments but led to a lifelong fascination with the extraterrestrials. I saw a UFO, so I knew that they were real from an early age, Dr. Drew told news.com. The scientist who holds a PhD in chemistry from Caltech, the California Institute of Technology, and worked for CSIRO as a molecular biologist, has been researching crop circles and aliens for 20 years. Dr Drew relocated to Australia in the 1980s, but most of his work has taken him overseas, predominantly to Europe. They're quite rare in Australia, he said. He, along with many conspiracy theorists, believe crop circles are the work of aliens or human time travellers. Skeptics say most are probably man-made. A crop circle is typically defined by standing wheat stems that have been flattened in the shape of a circle or more complex pattern. They tend to appear mainly in developed Western or secularised countries, including Japan. The cause of many of the circles is unknown despite various natural and unorthodox explanations having been put forward. Some crop circles have been proven to be hoaxes. But according to Dr. Drew, a number are legitimate and contain puzzles that can be decoded and linked to time travel and alien life. He told the news he had visited about two dozen crop circles around the globe in his career. Typically, they were between 50 and 500 metres in length, he said. For the past 20 years, I've been studying UFOs or crop circles, just as other mainstream scientists study conventional subjects. Dr. Drew told guests at the March UFO and Paranormal Research Society of Australia seminar in Sydney this had led to at least one major breakthrough the discovery of a more advanced binary code than our computers currently use. Dr. Drew claimed that aliens or human time travellers have been leaving the crop circles on Earth as messages to us or themselves. Dr. Drew said he was one of a handful of scientists around the world who had worked to successfully decode some of the messages in crop circles. According to him, some crop circles provide general descriptions of the future. Other crop circles show uh, seismatic images of the future for astronomical or human events, he said. He said some of the decoded messages read, Much pain, but still time. Believe. There is good out there. Beware the bearers of false gifts and their broken promises. We oppose deception, conduit closing. Dr. Drew has developed at least two theories as to the purpose of the circles by reading their advanced version of binary codes. One theory is that they're trying to introduce themselves to us peacefully, like we do using bubbles with dolphins, he said. When humans want to talk with dolphins, we put little bubble circles under the ocean with a generator. We watch the dolphins come up and play and investigate. And we study them. This is called the Dolphin Communication Project. He said the dynamic between the way humans interact with dolphins and whales was likely comparable to how extraterrestrials communicate with us. Barack or Trump have never said to a dolphin, take me to your leader. I want to sign a treaty with you, he said. And The extraterrestrials are not interested in making a treaty with us. They are ahead of us like we are ahead of dolphins and whales. His second theory was that the messages are not even for us. Dr. Drew said human time travellers from the distant future could be creating the circles as directional markers to help them navigate in their distant past, which is our present. They are definitely humans living there in about 5,000 years with time travel capability, he said. They're coming back and flying all over Earth. They seem to just say this is a certain day a market.' So the trouble is we don't know space-time physics enough to understand what's happening. It's beyond our knowledge. Maybe they don't want us to know about it. Maybe it might just be for them. It's a theory shared by many in his field of work. Dr. Drew said the circles appear to be created by an unknown energy that heats the crops up. It's like microwave energy, but it's something beyond earth science, he said. It can pattern the wheat. No one sees or hears anything, and that's why it's so hard to prove. If there's a craft, it's silent, noiseless. But there's nothing to fear, according to him. Don't be afraid, he said. Real or hoax? Well, telling the difference between a real crop circle and a hoax is like differentiating between an original painting and a fake, according to Dr. Drew. There are some things to look out for, he said. Crops that are bent halfway up their stems rather than on the ground is one telltale sign serologists or someone that advocates paranormal explanations of crop circles look uh, for to determine that it's not a hoax. You can absolutely prove a crop circle wasn't a hoax, but you can give a high probability, and judgment he said if there's a hoax the word of it gets around very fast people are aware people are not that easily fooled In 1991, English pranksters Doug Bower and Jay Chorley took credit for most of the crop circles around southern England made since 1978. They were inspired by the Tully saucer nest, a case in Australia where a farmer found a flattened circle of swamp reeds after observing a UFO. Using basic tools including a plank of wood, rope and a baseball cap fitted with a loop of wire to help them walk in a straight line, they said that this made complex crop circles England, which others then copied all over the world uh, right into the 1980s. They made a circle Journalists, which was later declared authentic by a serologist, Uh, they then revealed their hoax to the world, spurring on even more copycats. Dr. Drew said there was a lot of scientific evidence to show that some crop circles were made by human time travelers or extraterrestrial beings. Laboratory results on plant or soil samples taken from a crop circle in Brazil in October 2016 show that it was formed by unknown sterilising images, he said. The earliest mention of a crop circle dates back to the 1500s, a woodcut from the time showed a mowing devil making the pattern. Earlier this month, US TV host Jimmy Kimmel asked former uh, US President George Bush if if he went through the secret files of the UFO documents uh, and Bush uh, replied or the former commander in chief replied, maybe uh, laughing off uh, the question. Uh, Many conspiracy theorists and some some scientists, including Dr. Drew, argued um, that the US government knows much more about extraterrestrial life than it has publicly revealed. And we know that to be true because, of course, in recent uh, months, they revealed, didn't they, that a lot of the extraterrestrial uh, files were released to the public and admitted there was a lot more going on than we knew about. I was recently watching a documentary about the mysterious Nazca lines uh, in in southern Peru. Now, these incredible geoliths that are cut into the sandstone cover an area of about a 1,000 square kilometers. Now, apparently, according to experts, over 10,000 lines and about 300 images of animals plants and figures um, that are mysteriously carved into the land, date back between, I think, 500 BC and about 500 AD. So when these enormous symbols and lines were created, they were done with primitive tools uh, and created with a steady, straight hand. And by the way, these lines measure about 30 metres wide and are as long as about three football pictures, American football pitches. So seeing as air travel was not invented, the only way that man could see the images was from above. So my big question is, who were they created for? Many people believe that the NASCAR people created them to honor the God's in the heavens but I believe that something else created them something not of this world when you see the lines and shapes you have to conclude that an ordinary tribesman or woman of the time wouldn't have painstakingly marked out with a stick and a basic tool miles of perfectly straight lines um In fact, some of the images look like landing strips for aircraft, for goodness sake. Um, Were they created by an alien life force thousands of years ago? Were they markers, signals uh, and reminders of where to land, perhaps, for an alien craft? Um, Who knows? And I have to admit, when I first heard about these NASCAR lines, I just thought, come on it's just impressions left by an ancient civilization. But when I saw the actual images and drone footage, I said to myself, that's not humanly possible. Take a look yourself and let me know what you think. I would love to know your thoughts, please. I hope that some of you are with me on this. It's just not humanly possible. Going back to crop circles, though, there is something a bit creepy about them and um, unexplained images uh, left for us to discover. Imagine, right, that you and some friends are driving back from a night out um, and you have to pull the car over, say, to a field, nearby field, because one of you needs to go to the loo. You and your mates get out and have a little bit of a chat and you walk into a field and discover a huge, weird, crop circle. I think I would be a little bit nervous. I know there are plenty of hoaxes, but I agree with Dr. Horace Drew. I think some of them are messages from an alien race or perhaps time travellers. I'd say to my friend, quick, pull up your drawers and let's get out of here. I'd have to come back though the next morning and bring a drone to have a proper look. The county of Wiltshire seems to be a hub in the UK for crop circles and it has its fair share of stone circles too. So are stone circles like Avebury stones a portal to another dimension, a timepiece or some other mystical structure that has mystified scholars and scientists for years? I did investigate Avebury stones from most haunted episode and that's was really creepy. Um, And I think um, it's probably the same feeling that I would probably have if I happened to investigate a crop circle. When I walked around Avebury Stones in the middle of the night, I remember this was a bit weird. It was a weird noise as the wind whistled past these huge monoliths it was like hearing a deep humming noise that was deep underground and that did scare me a little bit i suppose whatever the stones were used for may well have been for a very logical reason perhaps timekeeping or maybe the more macabre sacrifice i like to think these stone circles like avebury are a vortex a place marked out on our planet for some powerful reason maybe in a few hundred years well, it will all make sense and maybe, here's a thought, stone circles are the early workings of crop circles. One wonders how some of these giant stones were lifted and transported without the use of modern technology. Maybe it was an anti-gravity device that was used perhaps. Ah, methinks there's another topic for a future podcast. This week's story is from Graham, who had a strange encounter in an abandoned house whilst on holiday in Norfolk.
3: Hi there, it's Graham here. I'm a big fan of the podcast and all things paranormal since discovering Arthur C. Clarke's mysterious world at an early age. I'm dropping you a line to let you know about an experience I had several years ago while I was on holiday in Norfolk. As we arrived at our holiday home, I noticed what looked like an abandoned derelict chapel nearby. I was immediately intrigued, but it was late, so I decided to do some exploring the following morning. After breakfast, I headed to the chapel, which was fenced off and so couldn't be approached from the road. However, by following the path into the adjoining wood, I found you could get a lot closer. To discourage trespassers, a trench had been dug around the site, and the earth from it piled on the side of the trench away from the chapel. I stood on part of this mound to take some photos and get a better look. Suddenly, I found myself at the bottom of the trench tangled in a barbed wire fence within. I'd been pushed down the slope from behind. After I managed to disentangle myself and climb out of the ditch, I searched but could see no one who could have been responsible for pushing me. Given the time of year, there were leaves on the ground, and I would have been able to hear and see if anyone had run away. I hastily returned to our holiday home, checking behind me all the way for a sign of anyone, but I couldn't see a thing. I was met at the door by my young daughter and her friend who promptly screamed and ran away. I hadn't realised the damage the barbed wire had done to me. I had cuts to my face and shoulder and was quite a sight. I recently recounted this story to my mum who asked the intriguing question, were you pushed up or down? I thought this was strange, but she told me the story of a family friend who had tripped and fallen over in his garage, nearly hitting his head on a raised concrete step. The reason he hadn't was because he had been pushed up by a force before his head made contact. Our friend found out the former owner of the house, Sydney, would sit by the step and watch the world go by. He later appeared to her, another member of the family in one of their bedrooms, dressed in a smart suit. While Sydney was benevolent in his action, I don't feel there's anything but mischief in my own experience. I've been thinking more on this recently, as we're going away for a weekend break to the same location. I am going to take another trip to look at the chapel, but I'll definitely take company this time so there's someone to watch my back.
0: Well Graham thank you so much uh, for sending in your story I'm absolutely fascinated and first well first things first oh, I'm so pleased to hear that you are a fan of Arthur C Clarke's mysterious world and um, that makes two of us and secondly before I go into my thoughts on it I need you to send in any footage that you might film when you go back to this place. It sounds fascinating. The fact that you didn't even get into this abandoned building and that you feel that perhaps you were pushed, uh, you know, was there a spirit there that was trying to say to you, back off, don't even go there? Perhaps, possibly. Um, I also think to myself, well, the fact that you don't describe feeling an energy or being pushed, um, you know, Uh, could you have imagined it? Don't you just hate it when people say that? I don't think you did. You know, don't you, 100% when something strange has happened to you. And the fact that you found yourself at the bottom of this ditch and you were wound up in barbed wire and you were completely mystified by the whole thing, covered in scratches and so on. To me, it was real. And you honestly thought and you know, thought that something had pushed you. So I'm begging you, please go back to this place. And as I say, send us the stuff, send us the video. We really want to see uh, what happens. But be safe, for goodness' sake, and thank goodness you're not going on your own. I know during an experiment that um, that I have undertaken, um, you know, it does make me think: Is it possible? for spirits to push you, to manipulate a human body, push them or pull them or drag them and so on. Well, I've certainly um, uh, had experiences of that and witnessed other members of the Most Haunted Team being pushed and pulled. I remember, Graham, a frightening incident where one of the main cameramen during a live broadcast was dragged. He was in a sitting position. He was dragged backwards across the floor by his belt. And I I saw this happen. And let me tell you, I completely freaked out, as did the poor. Cameraman uh, and the other team members. The experiment. um, There there is an experiment that uh, I've done, um, and lots of other people that I've worked with have done have done as well. And it's called the human pendulum. And when I first saw this being done, I have to say I was really very skeptical. In fact, I will admit to giggling at it. But a big but. It was only when I decided to take part myself in it did I really see the possibilities. If you want to try this at home, it's really simple to do uh, and you can do it as I've discovered. You, You can get really great results. So, here we go. This is what you can do. Let's say that there are six of you and three of you make a a wide circle, but hold hands. The other three are in the center of the circle. One person is selected to be the pendulum or conduit. One person stands in the front and the other at their back. And then one person on the outside starts to ask the spirits to use the person in the center as a way to speak. And they can do this by pushing the person either forward for yes or backwards for no, the pendulum has to be opened and relaxed, close their eyes and you've got to trust the people all around you and especially in front and um, behind you. Then uh, the chosen person on the outside uh, can ask questions like, um, is there someone here that would like to talk to somebody in the room? Move uh, the pendulum or the person, let's say Yvette, move Yvette forward for yes or backwards for no then go around the room asking questions like is your you know what is your name um, is does it begin with a and so on then go through the alphabet you know say for instance if it comes out with d i know it's a long shot but you can say you know once you've found out that it's a man is your name David? Is your name? And then you come out with all the male names beginning with D. And you can actually get some good information that way. Of course, this to me has only worked and been impressive when the answers are verified. So say, for instance, like I've said, you've got a first name called David, um, who was murdered, and he was 27. And he's unhappy and he died in the 19th century. Um, You can actually check that out, perhaps, with some of the location's historical records. And in some cases, we've actually checked out the records and they've been true to the information that's come out using this pendulum method. A lot of the time, I will admit, it does come out with a load of old nonsense. So it's up to you whether you try it. But it's certainly very interesting. And when you're stood in a darkened, haunted room, it can be quite creepy and scary and a bit of fun too. I can't wait to hear the paranormal stories that you've sent in to us. Or have you had a paranormal encounter with a ghost, extraterrestrial, or something unexplained? Send us a voice note into this address. It's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. And you could be featured on the next episode. Please send them in. I love, love, love listening uh, to your voice notes. Push Your Peak is a brand new podcast brought to you by What Bike. Join me, Louise Minchin, and some of the world's most incredible sports people to learn what it takes mentally and physically to push yourself beyond your limits. Whether you're an elite or everyday athlete, it can be hard to continually progress. How do you push yourself out of your comfort zone? Where do you go to find that inner drive? Tune in to hear these inspiring stories and take away the belief that you can achieve your own goals no matter. Matter how big or small. You can find us wherever you got this podcast.
1: Just search Push Your Peak.
4: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen.
2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
0: Well, as usual, I have the absolute delight and honor. To welcome to my wonderful podcast, my wonderful friend and colleague, skeptic and fellow ghost hunter and paranormal investigator, Glenn Hunt. Yes!
5: Hello, Yvette Fielding. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> you. Are you okay? I'm very well, thank you. What a great build-up there. I think I, your checks in the posts. <laughs>
0: hey, well, I hope it's enough this week. Um, I, you know, as soon as we knew that we were doing crop circles, I said to our producer, Molly, I said, now listen, I said. We've got to get Glenn on, I said, because he's a bit of a nerd. I said, and he loves all this kind of anything to do with the possibility of UFOs and crop circles and all of that. And we, we privately spoke, didn't we, Glenn? And I, I said, well, I've just been watching a doc- documentary about the NASCAR lines. You oh, the NASCAR line. Yes, know all about that. Then you started reeling off this and I got very bored and put the phone down. No, I didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about crop circles first what do you find fascinating about them do you think that they're all faked or do you think there is something to it like this uh, the doctor that I, I just talked about um well
5: here's the thing look, with, with crop circles it, it's a lot like a lot of paranormal phenomena where i would say 99 percent of it is um made by people um, and easily explainable, and there's that 1% that makes your eyes go brighter and think, oh, there, there's something in this, but only in certain ones. And as to how they're created, there are theories ranging from uh, magnetic pulses from the iron core of the Earth. That's one I've heard. There's maybe aquifers, uh, underground water systems that carry forces of energy. Portals to other dimensions is a is a good one. Or ET visitation is another, And and the other theory is... It's Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, even though they're dead, uh, and those inspired by them simply using planks of wood and some rope. Now, over the years, you might have noticed looking at some of the, the pictures that have been taken from aerial shots of these crop circles, they've, they've certainly become more and more complex. There's even mathematical uh, circles in, in the sense that you get fractal patterns and mandelbrot sets and and even binary messages. And and some people argue that it it is pranksters or even creative artists doing it for fun because the reality is it can be done uh, and that's the long and short of it really and and I know that even some companies have commissioned creative patterns and logos to be done in farmers fields with with the farmer's permission for advertising purposes but then there's others that argue the complex formations are from a higher consciousness trying to leave us messages. Now, the thing is, to this day, there is not, for me, a single compelling video online anywhere that captures one being created. And yes, whilst there's plenty of grainy and wobbly handheld video camera footage online, I don't think they actually go far enough to convince me that there's something otherworldly going on, phenomena-wise. Uh, But that said, the most impressive crop circle I think to this day still stands, and that was the one that appeared overnight on Milk Hill in August 2001. Uh, It was around 1,500 feet wide with hundreds of circles all in a spiral design of varying sizes. And you know me, Yvette, if something something can be explained rationally, it's usually the rational answer, Uh, no matter how much we want to believe something incredible is happening. But that said... Um, it's the crop circles in that 1% that look as though something unusual is going on. And by that, I'm talking about the nature of which the crop is bent over. Um, the crop circles uh, are, instead of being snapped on, on the stalk, they're actually bent over. And it looks like the only way this could be done is by some inexplicable heat source And not only that, the crops themselves that are bent over, they they seem to be cleverly interwoven with one another as well. And then there's people reporting a disruption to magnetic fields in some of these formations where this has gone on as well. And the ones that have been trampled down by hoaxes, none of that happens. But the ones where these crops have bent over by an unknown heat source, they're the ones that have disruptions to magnetic fields as such. And I think still at the end of the day – We've yet to discover the actual cause of this 1% of weird phenomena. Um, but what I find interesting is why do we re- rarely hear the opinions from the farmers themselves? Because I've, I've yet to hear a farmer stating that either they're absolutely livid, that their fields are being vandalized by pranksters because, you know, as creative and pretty as it looks. That's, that's money down the drain to a farmer, and they can't afford that. Or um, we don't hear of any f- farmers who are first hand witnesses to some seriously weird activity going on in the land. And, and I think for that reason, the silence from farmers is deafening. You know, you, they're not coming out and saying one or the other.
0: There have been reports of farmers complaining. And saying exactly what you just said—that they are losing thousands of pounds worth of of profit because their their crops are being damaged—and that's the only thing that I I've got reported. But but it's you just touched on it. There. It's the silence of it, and the one in Mill Hill again for me that really it, that creeps me out a little bit actually because it's so intricate, and as you say, it's the sort of it's the fact that it's being bent. Halfway, not at the root. You know what sort of machine is doing this? How are they doing it? Why is it being done so silently? Um, and that—that's what I find really creepy. And no one knows anything about it. It's incredible. How, after all this time, do we still not have an answer?
5: You know, in, in the modern age where you could you could set cameras up in in trees and, and hide them, infrared cameras, and let them have a some kind of three G, three four five G connection to. To a base somewhere and and just watch over over a period of time over the summer months perhaps and and see what's going on. I, ca- I can't see why it can't be documented uh, in, in modern in modern times because I, I just find that for me is 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 questionable as to why we still don't know.
0: And like I said to you when we were talking on the phone privately, I said you know about the NASCAR lines the NASCAR lines. Uh, in Peru. And that to me blew my mind. And there's one bit of it, something like the whole triangle is something like 25, 26 inches. There's a big dint in it where the whole thing has been, the floor almost has been sort of sunken by about 25, 26 inches within this vast area of this triangle. And it's not humanly possible to do that. How 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 has that happened?
5: We, we say it's not humanly possible, but perhaps we judge things on our own standards as an individual. Would I be able to do that? Probably not. Could I organize a few people to say, here's an idea. Let's dig this six mile trench in the ground that makes the shape of a triangle. And people will look at me like I've got two heads. But the thing about the NASCAR lines is that they were done thousands of years ago. It's not just the the uh, geographic shapes. You know, you've got something that looks like a, a huge runway. You've got the geoglyphs, you know, like the the whale, the monkey. There's a brilliant hummingbird one. There's a, there's a spider.
0: Spooky man one with big eyes. <laughs> what was the
5: motivation? That's that's the question you need to ask. What was the motivation for people to create these? Because I, I don't think they're perfectly um, straight. You know, you, you look at a crop circle today and you, and you see how how ornate they are. Um, some of these NASCAR lines, they they are a bit wobbly and shaky in in some of the images
0: in the images they are but actually in the lines they apparently are really quite straight i mean mathematically so i've just said one of them is something like i think it's the equivalent like nine miles long you know and you think what the heck i think that that was one of the geoglyphs was 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 nine nine miles long or sort of the equivalent of three football american football pitches how do you make that? Again, I don't think that
5: was made by some kind of weird paranormal force. I, I genuinely believe that these these were made by humans back in the day. But the question is, what was the motivation for, for them to create it? Was it because they wanted to worship some kind of ancient deity and think you know, it could be seen from the sky above? They must have built some kind of wooden towers to, to look at what they were creating. Because it's clear that whatever all these images were created, for whatever reason they were created for, they were meant to be appreciated from above. W- maybe they were all aware of people from the stars. I mean, You know, you're going into UFO territory again, which we've talked about before, and we all know now that UAPs were a real phenomenon. And maybe there was plenty flying around uh, a few thousand years ago in in ancient Peru, and and maybe these the humans at the time wanted to to do something for them. Who knows? We don't. We don't know.
0: I agree with you. I think that the images were man-made. I mean, why? You know, is it like you say? Is it to sort of like praise? you know, what, what they consider to be, you know, ethereal beings, they're gods and so on. So they get good, I don't know, live happily, you know, look after our cattle and so on. But it's the lines and some of them look like runways and that's what I, I can't get my head around. I forget, f- pardon the pun, but because that's how they were made, weren't they? they? were sort of scratched into the surface. Then you just scratched the surface, haven't we, on these things? <laughs> exactly. And
5: and maybe, you know, if some scientific team with, with the funding, they they could go out there and use radar equipment, which would, would look beneath the surface to see if there's any artifacts left behind, which might help explain explain why these uh, runways and, and geoglyphs were created? I think that, that that's some research. I would love to see the uh, the results for. Do
0: you know, when we you, you you talked about binary code, and I just mentioned it earlier on in the podcast. Uh, this particular um, doctor had mentioned that he um, had sort of transcribed these crop circles, and he, um, you know, like you you mentioned, some of them had binary code in them. I don't understand how that works, but apparently they did, um, and he. Um, um, like I say, has um, transcribed them, and um, you know, these messages are com- coming out um, from these crop circles, which to me is absolutely gobsmacking. But do you remember when we spoke about Rendlesham, I mean, you talked about this privately again, that Rendlesham case and how the army officer put his hand against the UFO and it had hieroglyphics along the side and he got all this binary code in, in his brain and they they, they um, translated the binary code and got all these, I, th- I think one of the messages was observation of planet Earth continue or, or something like that which was extraordinary. But then the binary code also trans, um, translated into to uh, earth coordinates. And these earth coordinates were taking people to um, the Pyramids of Giza, the the Acropolis, um, all sorts of sacred buildings around the world. When we look at binary code, that seems to be some sort of universal out of this world language, and perhaps we should be using it more. Yeah,
5: well, I think that's ultimately because, um, as far as the spoken words concerned, there are there are so many different languages. Um, you know, even even Britain, if you go back far enough, uh, we were speaking French at one point. You know, and then there's the Celts and the Picts and the, and the, and. Uh, all kinds of ancient English language as well. And and that's just in, in the British Isles, you know, go further afield, you've got more languages. And then imagine if you've got beings from out of space, what language are they going to speak? Well, th- there's there's one language which makes sense no, no matter where you're from, and that's mathematics. So, binary in that respect makes sense because it's it's a pure language and you, and you can translate it and you can't argue with maths at the, at the end of the day. My only concern with the, with the crop circle one, where it said, "Beware the bearers of false gifts and their false promises." We oppose deception, blah blah blah. Conduits closing. For me, it's that last bit that makes me feel like it's a bit of a hoax. Because if you if you wanted to hoax a circle, you would want to make it sound as realistic as possible. You know, you want to make it sound authentic. And uh, using fancy words like conduit closing. Now, to be fo- to be honest, if I was a space alien leaving a message, I wouldn't also need to write down conduit closing. You know, essentially that's a full stop. It's like you've written full stop at the end of the message. It's it's just pointless. Just let the message end. It just sounds like it
0: is it, jargon for the sake of jargon. It could have been an illiterate time traveler.
5: <laughs> who knows what it was but um, it could but be but time yeah, travellers I, I would also use binary to, to um, if I wanted to try and make something look convincing do you know what
0: I mean yes I do know what you mean but you know there's time travel as well you know which is again you know going back to the Rendlesham case that's what he he said I don't believe these this binary code has come from uh, an alien race I believe that this has come from um Originally, somebody from our planet, and they've—they, you know, they've—they've they've time traveled. They come back in time, and they're trying to communicate with us. Is this what the crop circles are? Is this what the the, the NASCAR lines are? Could they possibly be from time travelers?
5: Well, again, it's it's an open ended question, isn't it? We, we we can't really we say until science can prove that you can travel through time. Everything's a theory until it's proven, isn't it? Really, and and we shouldn't be readily dismissive of the any ideas of the sort. Um, I think it's an interesting notion. Um, I just think surely there's got to be more obvious ways to to communicate. With, with with people as well. If if you've come millions of miles across th- um, across uh, the, the the galaxy, or, or whether you've travelled from from a distant time in the future, you know, can you not make it a little bit more obvious? Because you know, in you could look back in historical terms if you're a time traveller and think, well, they're not going to believe this, are they? we will have to do something to make it more realistic.
0: But then I suppose what you would get is people saying you can't because if you do that you would uh, oh cause no end of trouble with re- religion and, oh gosh, oh, science and all sorts of things. In that case, then why
5: even bother if you're a time traveller? Well, you know? Because
0: maybe somebody out there who wants, I don't know, peace on the universe or something, I don't know, will see it and understand it and know what to do. I don't know. Maybe it's something that is to be taken Lightly, but perhaps with the right person or the right people looking at it and understanding it, it can change something for humanity for the better. Perhaps.
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, it is all conjecture at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, it's all yeah. it's all theory and it's all it's all uh, personal ideas. But, I mean, the one thing I will say, if I hadn't had my own paranormal experiences with most haunted, for example. I would I would probably be even more dismissive of mm-hmm. of these ideas and notions to this day, uh, but I know uh, you know, and I'm grateful for it. But I, I know there is more to this planet than than meets the eye. The more goes on beyond our ordinary humdrum everyday lives that we give credit for, and and there's plenty of things that channel uh, challenge our normality, and you can understand why people will just ignore mm. the the supernatural or, or paranormal because it doesn't fit in with their uh, their ordinary lives and uh you know any kind of disruption it's um it, it's easy to be dismissive of it all but you know like i say the 9 times out of 10 all of it is not uh, nonsense if it can be explained away easily there's always a rational explanation but Yes, there's a genuine 1% where weird stuff happens and it's all weird and we still don't know the answers, but that's why we love it.
0: Weird and wonderful, and that is why we love it. Now, moving on from from crop circles, um, the pendulum experiment Oh, yeah. Uh, Where allegedly the spirits will come in and use a person to, um, as a conduit, and move them either forwards or backwards as a sign of yes or no. Now, as I've just mentioned, that when I first saw this, I actually. I actually laughed and I thought, come on now, this is ridiculous. How can this possibly work? But then I did it myself. And I have to say, it was really quite an unusual experience. I remember feeling, you've seen it, haven't you, Glenn?
5: I have, yeah.
0: Right, so I remember feeling when I never ever done it. I, I don't know if I've been with you if you've actually stood in the centre and done it. Well, explain
5: to the listeners first what happened, and I, I'll, I'll also explain why maybe I can't do it, which is a, probably a, an ordinary, everyday reason for, for why. But yeah, explain it. I've already
0: over. explained how it works. So what what happened to me was I stood in the the, the centre of this circle. It was a big. There was lots and lots of people there. Obviously, before COVID. And um, I can't remember um, the the situation, what it was, or, you know, uh, I can't remember the location, but I do remember feeling all of a sudden so hot and like static electricity running all the way through me. And then I had this feeling in my stomach. It was like it was flipping over continually. Now, Put that down to nerves or whatever you want to put it down to. Now, I'm not a shy person, as you know, so it doesn't bother me if I've got to sort of stand out in the middle of, you know, lots of people. So nerves wasn't the the problem. And then I remember people asking questions and their voices seemed to sound like they were underwater. And then I don't really remember much happening. I just remember my body moving, but I can't remember if it was moving forwards or backwards. And apparently I was coming out with all sorts of things. You know, um, I know that a woman was trying to come through. She said she'd been murdered. She said that she needed help. Uh, f- uh, apart from that, I can't really remember much about that because it was quite a long time ago. And because of the way I felt, I didn't really want to do it again. And it took me a while to come out of it. It, it really did. I was really, you know, In this, in this, uh, I don't know how, I can't even explain it. It was, it was bizarre. It did feel like I was underwater and something was propelling my body. Was it the spirit realm pushing my body, pulling my body as a yes or a no, you know, sort of talking, using my body that way? Or was it just my imagination? But the fact was, is that you know, people were able to use this information that my body was giving them, and then later on, they did a Ouija board, and the same information came out. And I wasn't there, but they—they all "Oh, we just had the same information come out. This is extraordinary. This is exciting." But I know you have a completely different take on the whole thing. Well, from from the outside looking in, when you,
5: when you're watching people do this, it it does look like it, it it's merely the power of suggestion somebody stood in, in in the circle and lean forward for yes lean backwards for no uh, and people just respond in, in, in either direction to the questions being asked by the group around them but the way you describe it though that the sensation you were feeling is it sounds like you weren't suddenly in control of of um of your own motor skills by then it's if you weren't hearing things properly and um, and and I've never heard anybody describe it that way. Now I'm no um, hypnotist either, and I couldn't tell you um, whether what you were experiencing was something natural when you're in some kind of uh, catatonic states due to some kind of self hypnosis or, or or meditation. You know, maybe maybe that's what it was.
0: It could it, have been, yeah, yeah but, definitely, but, yeah.
5: Um, if you were getting information through that also seemed to correlate with a, a Ouija board session later, then for me that's quite interesting and and significant in a way. Um, the reason why I've never stood in a circle to do um, this human pendulum is because not a lot of people know, but you know, 20 odd years ago I shattered my right ankle and it's got pins and plates in it to this day, and I. I can never stand straight for a long period of time anyway. So, you know, I wouldn't just go forwards and backwards. I'd probably go left and right and pivot in a circle. So it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work for me because f- for that reason alone, you know, I can't, I can't stand straight for, for very long at all. So um, for that experiment, I have to be just an onlooker and just take it on face value and, and uh, what people say about it. But certainly your experience, the, w- the way you've described you were feeling um it does sound like you're in some kind of relaxed hypnotic state, but the information you said was coming through and, and that makes it again that little bit more tasty, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole reason why I'm talking about this is because Graham sent in this wonderful, um, lovely story where he talks about he's been pushed down, as I as I told you privately, up, down this sort of trench, you know, near near an abandoned um I think it was an old chapel, an old church. Um, you know, was he pushed? Was it his imagination? And hence, that's why I brought brought this whole thing up. So, is it possible? Can the spirit world push you? And often, you do hear, don't you? When we've been doing an investigation, you know, uh, I, I felt like someone's just pushed me, or I felt like someone's just pulled me. So, <laughs> yeah, for me, I think the, it's the possible. coat or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah.
5: Um, yeah, I hear it a lot. I've I've not experienced it myself, but that said, I really want to mm. because um that way you can't just say oh maybe you were just having a muscle spasm you know uh which, which does happen from from time to time you know or your knee can just give way that you know that's something that you know could be a simple explanation with something and when you're in a paranormal environment uh, then you you will put two and two together and make five again, which is something I've said before. I know, my knees um, are always
0: going, it's awful.
5: <laughs> uh, your knees go out more, more than you do. But <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's, um, it, it's it's interesting because I haven't just heard about it as if they're being pushed by people. I've, I've heard of one such story of a, a pub not a million miles away from where I am. And there's people in this pub, customers have felt themselves uh, being knocked over really? by a, an animal, which has been running around in inside the pub. Now it was either a dog or believe it or not, a pig, because it's quite an old pub and there was always livestock around in once upon a time. So yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's seems to be a, a very real phenomena. And, and for this very precise feeling of being tripped over by your ankles as some cr- critter or animal has, has just run into you. You know, it, it's uh, it, it's it's very very interesting, and I do believe there's something in it. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, as I've, I've just mentioned before, you know, I remember. Do you, do you remember? I, f- I think you came with us again to investigate this particular location, but it's where one of the cameramen on the live show, Jeff, he actually felt. Do you remember? He was dragged by his belt across oh,
5: the yeah, floor. Tanley was, uh, Hall Burnley, wasn't it. Townley
0: Hall, that's it. And I've never been so scared in all my life. And I actually watched it. I saw it with my own eyes. I saw him being dragged by his nothing. And he was sat on his bottom and he was being pulled backwards. And it was it was incredible. Carl, you know, East Drive being pulled, you know, backwards up those stairs absolutely incredible so i really do believe that you can be be manipulated by the spirit world really it's quite frightening really especially if you've got something really negative as we know because we've we've dealt with a few of those haven't we
5: well here's the thing if if uh, furniture can be moved around then then why not individuals um, you know, I've had first-hand first hand experience of, of chairs.
0: Tell us that experience. Um, Go on, just for those who haven't seen the show.
5: Well, it was uh, a mystery location and in the Northwest, only because the owners don't want it being publicly known. Uh, a lot of it, even though it's a listed building, a lot of it is falling into disrepair. So you could argue some of the noises you might hear might be just been the building. Um, but when you have uh, solid wood chairs, being thrown around uh, at high velocity from varying angles. That doesn't make sense. There's clearly something going on in there that doesn't want strangers in the building. And to have, um, uh, to, well, to see a chair from uh, being dropped from a mezzanine floor level over a balcony and there was no one there to let go of it, uh, is is something i will never forget and then you know the, the time after that i saw that happen um one narrowly misses me so by an inch if, so if it had hit
0: you it could have re- yeah. you would have been in hospital
5: oh easily um you know and that's what i mean when when i've had first hand experiences of weird phenomena i i know it's real uh, it, it it was that 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 moving chair over the mezzanine balcony that fell to the ground with no one to... You would have seen somebody holding it and letting it go and then try and run and hide. But there was no one there either.
0: And do you remember we caught it? We caught the noise. We didn't noise know what as, it was. Noise as, <speaks> as if
5: it was being loaded up and dragged across the handrail. Oh, hand
0: my God. It yeah. was the most – honestly, it's one of the most frightening noises I think I've I've heard that we've managed to capture. It was a kind of – and then then a chair would be launched.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the weird thing. So, yes, to get back on track with the pushing and shoving, I've seen – the furniture being moved. So sure, why not Why not people as well? I know when you look at a human pendulum, it looks as though it could be under the power of suggestion. Maybe some of it is, you know, I can't discount it. But um, certainly, you know, and going back to this pub that I'm aware of where people feel they're being tripped over by a, a, an animal that's not there, you know, what's going on there then? You know, maybe, maybe it's, the, it's the ghost of an animal as well it's 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 fascinating
0: and also when you think about it um and and i'm going to say something a little bit out out there now um i remember uh, many many years ago there was a, a very good friend of mine and her um i think it was a boyfriend tragically um died now he was just walking and it was obviously an accident but he he was walking along some uh, cliffs and fell tragically to his death and it does make you think, you know. You think, I wonder how many of these. You know, when people say it's just not, we can't explain it. You know, they 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 didn't commit suicide. They were very very happy. Uh, it wasn't a dangerous path, and yet we found their body at the bottom. And you think, I wonder.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a tragic story. There's there's every reason why you might want to wonder that as well, but. You don't know what was going on in that person's mind, you know, it, it, what their mental state was, really. Um, also, you're talking about cliff edges. Well, gusts of winds can come out of nowhere. I know. I'm just
0: saying, you know, it's, it's because we know that all of this, everything that we've experienced is, re- is real – Yes, I'm just saying that in you know in some very famous unsolved cases where you know police inspectors have been scratching their head going this doesn't add up something's wrong here. Yes, of course there's probably a very logical explanation, but it just makes me think there is a little inkling of me that makes me think I wonder.
5: Yeah, it, well. Why not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> there the, the could be, but you, you wouldn't see anything written on a coroner's no, report. No, of course. Which can something. you imagine?
0: No, no not yeah. at all. So oh, it my would, God.
5: It, 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 just, it just wouldn't do. No, it. I
0: know. Well, you know me. I'm into my conspiracy theories big time. I mean, gosh, I mean, every time some sort of subject's brought up, I can see people rolling their eyes going, oh, she's off again. <laughs> she's off again. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. Yes. Chatting away, it yeah, yeah, and, you, um, and we'll speak to you soon, no doubt.
5: Fingers crossed. Hopefully, we'll have something more weird to report on.
0: Always, lots of love. Well, thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. We'll be back again next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk that's www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early. We're so happy to see many of you excited and keen to listen to our bonus episodes. Uh, A huge thank you to these people Gaynor McEwen, Debs Blackshaw Sophie Denovan Steph Bell Mandy Hector Laura Mason Delia Nichols Kathy Garner Kerry Begarden and Tracy Colwyn. Thank you all so much. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. We want to hear from you. Send in a question or an audio clip telling us your paranormal stories. You know I love them. Here's the address, paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. Or on WhatsApp are at this number 75 27537 that's 75 and of course we're on Instagram and the address is at paranormal activity pod that's at paranormal activity pod and remember to have a fabulous week keep your eyes peeled for anything spooky things aren't always as they seem